Would you please stand with me for the reading of the gospel? This is the holy gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. Now he said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. Let me pray for us as we begin. O Lord God, who has left to us your holy word to be a lantern to our feet and a light to our steps, give to us all your Holy Spirit, that out of the same word we may learn what is your eternal will and frame our lives in all holy obedience to the same, to your honor and glory and the increase of our faith, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, back in 2005, a long time ago, I had been working in a restaurant. And when I was working at this restaurant, I had one of my most embarrassing work moments that happened there. I had a tray of drinks, a tray of waters and beers and a glass of wine. And as I turned from the bar to approach my table, I felt the weight of the drinks begin to sway a little bit, a little to the right, a little to the left. I kept walking closer to the table, but physics that day was not my friend. So as I stared at these drinks, I was trying to correct the imbalance that was happening, but the tempestuous swaying of liquid overpowered the equilibrium in the glass, and the glasses just flew onto my guests. The glass of wine, of course, landed on one woman's lovely dress, and again, as you would expect, I didn't get tipped from that table. In fact, to make it worse, we, of course, had to comp the table, and so it was a very shameful experience for me. I was absolutely mortified. But one of my colleagues at the end of the night, is she could tell that I was feeling quite embarrassed and ashamed. She looked at me and said, Morgan, let me show you a trick. You have your eyes focused on the wrong thing with the glasses. If you actually look at where you're going and not at the actual glasses, you won't spill them. So she took six wine glasses and filled them with various levels of water and put them on the tray. And then I looked ahead and I just kept walking 
And she was absolutely right. If I had just changed my focus from the immediate situation to where I was actually going, I wouldn't have had that moment of shame. Tonight's story from our gospel shows us the example of St. Peter who needed his vision refocused. It can be easy for us to fixate on how we've failed in the past or how we appear in the sight of others. And Peter had failed. He had failed miserably as he denied Jesus, his teacher, when Jesus was on his way to be crucified. And that shame of that failure had been weighing him down and it had been keeping him from seeing what Jesus was calling him to do, which was to shepherd the flock of God. And as he goes back to fishing, he goes back to something that for him is comfortable. And you and I, as Jesus' disciples, we have the same call on our lives to shepherd God's flock. And to do this well, we actually have to recognize the needs that Jesus' sheep have, and we have to selflessly lead them to where they're going to be fed. So tonight, what we want to look at are three things. We want to see how God redeems this failed fisherman. We want to see the different needs that happen in God's flock. And third, we want to see that when you shepherd, there are going to be unexpected dangers. First, how does God redeem this failed fisherman? St. Peter, as you, if you've read some of the Gospels, you'll realize he holds a prominent place among the other disciples. So back in verse 3, which we had read last week, they all go back and he goes fishing and the other disciples say, great, we're going to come along with you and go back to going fishing. He was a wounded man and that was the shame that made him go back to what was comfortable. What was comfortable was distracting him from what Jesus was calling him to do. He felt like a failure. And so as a fisherman, going back to what he knew, rather than seeing the needs of Jesus's flock and, and living out his new calling was the space where he felt the most comfortable at this point. And as the group returns, Jesus surprises them and he meets them at the shore. He's about to radically change Peter's outlook on life. As Jesus and the disciples finish breakfast together, the camera lens then just focuses in on Peter. Because Peter hasn't dealt with this thing, this shame, the elephant in the room, the thing that's holding him back from experiencing God's grace that's found in Christ. The burden that he felt from denying Jesus was crippling him from moving into his ministry calling. How do you spread the good news about Jesus, your teacher, when you were the one who in public denied him and all of your friends see you as the leader? So Jesus, around the fire, addresses the elephant in the room. He looks at Peter and he has compassion and he asks him, do you love me more than these? And that's the kind of question that Jesus asks when Satan wants to keep reminding us of how unworthy we are of our calling in following Christ. This question reminds Peter of what he's called to and not the thing holding him back from the past. He asks him a similar question three times. There's this threefold kind of redemption that takes the place of Peter's threefold denial. In Jesus' resurrection, we are made worthy to shepherd Jesus is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep 
and then he passes that ministry to the apostles, and we who are his disciples and following him share in that ministry of shepherding as well. But it can be easy to believe that we've done such horrible things that our lives won't actually compel someone to see Jesus as the good shepherd. There are places that we have that we constantly remind ourselves how unworthy we are, whether it's habits that we have, our family, our history, our job. And I know that for many of us, there's that space, and it keeps us from doing the thing that Jesus calls us to do. There's some place of shame where we think, if I share Jesus or my faith with this person and they know this thing about me, they will never trust in Jesus. But what's that space? Jesus looks into that space for Peter. And then he asks him a simple question. Peter, do you love me? And Peter responds, yes, you know that I love you. So Jesus says, feed my lambs. Peter's called to forgive himself because Jesus has already forgiven him. And to take his gaze off of himself and to look after the flock. Jesus looks at us, who are his disciples, and he looks into that place of shame, and he says to you, do you love me? And we say, yes, Jesus, you know that we love you. And so then he says to us, then feed my lambs. That question compels us to stop looking at the place of failure and to start looking at what Jesus might want to do in others. It moves us from this love of ourselves to a love of our Lord and a love of others. And it calls us to recognize the needs of God's sheep and then to selflessly lead them to where they can actually be fed. So we saw how God redeems a failed fisherman. And now we need to consider the needs of God's flock. To shepherd God's flock well, you have to see other people's needs. I was thinking about it this way. When you go into a new city, it's helpful when they have a little colorful map of just the few miles that you're going to be walking around in. If you're going to walk around the National Mall or see the monuments, you only need a map of that area to get around. It can actually be unhelpful if somebody gives you a map of the entire United States to help you get around the National Mall because you don't need to know where D.C. is in reference to Baltimore. You just need to know where the Capitol building is in relation to the National Monument. And spiritually, there are people around us They're walking around in a very small area, and sometimes we're tempted to give them a huge roadmap of a large area. Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And Peter responds three times, yes, you know that I love you. And then Jesus's admonitions slightly vary each time. The first time, Jesus says to Peter, feed my lambs. It's a reminder that there are some little lambs out there that need to be shown where they can go and where they can't go, what they can eat, what they can't eat. Some need to be bottle fed for a while. The second time he says, tend my sheep. It's a reminder that even the mature sheep sometimes need to know where they should and should not go to be fed well. And then the third time he says, feed my sheep. It reminds us that this group of seasoned sheep who have been around the block even have the need to know where to go and where not to go sometimes. 
And they need to know sometimes what kind of food will be harmful for them. So Peter's call is also a call for all of Jesus' disciples, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're called to recognize the needs of God's sheep where they're at and then selflessly lead them to where they can find pasture. We're surrounded by lots of sheep at a lot of different stages of growth. And we're called into that place of listening to their needs and pointing them back to where they can find the peace and the rest that's found in Christ. And in that way, growing as a disciple means that we're growing in what it means to point others to Jesus, to the good shepherd. So there are various places where we need to listen to the needs of the sheep, whether it's our neighborhood or a neighbor of another faith who's asking us questions, or it's a game night where we're getting to know new friends, or someone from church who's talking about their experience with the Lord this week, or someone who is just trying to figure out what next week is going to hold for them. There are lots of places that God calls us in to listen. So whether we're walking along and praying for a neighborhood or outdoors gardening, sitting at a cubicle, or having a deep conversation over coffee, the needs of the sheep are always going to present themselves if we look for them. Some might want to know why the Bible's trustworthy, because they've heard so many things to the contrary. Some people have questions about why the church would be a necessary place to learn about Jesus when all they've heard are negative things about other Christians. And this afternoon, I just had a great conversation where somebody just asked me, what happens when I die? And do you believe in karma? Some want to know if God can have enough grace, even for them. Some people just want your presence to sit with them in a hospital room. And some people have no idea what they actually need or want. And in all of those places, Jesus puts us as a listening ear to help others find pasture and find rest for their souls. So you all have a flock that Jesus calls you to shepherd, whether it's the household, whether it's work, whether it's your yoga class, your civic association, passers-by, the coffee shop you like to frequent and work at, or your neighborhood. Wherever you're going, you have a flock to shepherd. We're called to recognize the needs of the sheep and then to lead them regardless of where that's going to take us. And so we've considered how God redeems failed fishermen. We've looked at recognizing some of the needs of the flock. And now we want to look at some of the unexpected dangers of shepherding. You never know where it's going to lead. After this final exhortation to feed the sheep, Jesus says to Peter, Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And then the narrator said this comment. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And Jesus one more time says, follow me. Following Jesus in Peter's life would take him to Antioch, then it would take him to Rome, and ultimately he would glorify God by being crucified. Sometimes shepherding work is glorious. There are moments where you're gardening with others, where you're having coffee together, 
And you think to yourself, I cannot believe that this is shepherding. Those moments are so sweet. But there are other times when shepherding does not look so sweet, whether it's changing a neighbor's car battery in the middle of winter or changing a diaper, walking with a friend or neighbor through a really difficult disappointment in life. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, faithful shepherding looks like a life that is seeking to glorify God by pointing people to Jesus, the good shepherd. God's placed us as shepherds in very concrete places and in very finite moments. And so we're called to examine the needs of the flock and to help them find pasture. There's one ancient writer who's writing to pastors, but I think this applies to us all. He says, you shepherds, Imitate the diligent shepherd, the leader of the flock, who cared so much for his sheep. He brought near those who were far away. He brought back the wanderers, cared for the sick, strengthened the weak, bound up those who were broken, and guarded those that were healthy. He delivered himself up on behalf of the sheep. So this calling to give of ourselves to shepherd Christ's flock is a way that was shown to us by Christ himself. As we follow Jesus, we are called out of shame and we're called into shepherding, just like St. Peter, this failed fisherman. We're called to see the needs of the flock, those who God has set around us. And like Peter, we're called to faithfully lead others where they can be fed, even when it takes us in places that we don't expect to go. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you with our whole heart, O beloved Father, for the precious blood of your dear Son, which he shed for our sake, and by which you daily cleanse, quicken, and sanctify us in your holy church, and make us partakers of your divine nature. We thank you for the great and unspeakable love that we were not worthy of it when you redeemed us by your Son, who is our high priest and mediator, the true shepherd, who laid down his life for the sheep of his flock, who now sits on your right hand and intercedes for us. O good and faithful God, friend of all mankind, would you give us your grace and your great compassion that we might praise you with your Son and the Holy Spirit in every act of our lives evermore. Amen.